1: It's important to establish that culture of winning, the importance of winning, and doing things the right way. So for us, it's just to keep building upon that. Well, what a power, left side,
0: power, for touchdown. He's got this running game working, as you see with Matt Breida, and look at the speed on Breida.
1: What a way to start it. 83-yard touchdown. Ball is to Belage, Big hole, and Belage sideline. He will go. Touchdown Dolphins.
0: Welcome in Dolphins fans. Riley Bradshaw, Mason Inglehart, back here on Fin It to Win It brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Bet Online. You can interact, follow the show on social media, Facebook and Twitter at Fin It to Win It. Mason, man, I am pumped. I've been looking forward to this episode for a while. We've been building up to it, talking about the running back's more and more in our previous episodes but tonight we're really going to dive into the depth chart and talk about this group that you and I said in a couple uh, episodes ago was our most improved position group on the entire team and quite honestly Mason I was a little shocked when I heard you say that because I feel like if we would have done this episode like right after the draft a few weeks back you would not be nearly as excited I feel like I'm bringing you closer and closer to my
1: side of the line here. (laughs) (laughs) you you are Riley you are and there's really no other way this group can go but up from last year we're going to talk a lot (laughs) we're going to talk a lot in this episode about last year we're going to try to get that out of the way and look towards the future but we do need to discuss the struggles this group had last year we know they're not all the same people coming back we're going to definitely focus on those top two that the Dolphins brought in and what they're going to bring to this running back corpse But it is very interesting to look back at some of these guys, what they were able to accomplish, but more importantly, what they were able not to accomplish last year. And we're going to obviously connect it to the offensive line. We're going to do our offensive line breakdown in the next week or two. But obviously you you need the running back squad and that offensive line. They go hand in hand. So it is going to be a really fun episode to talk about how we feel about the running back position. Like you mentioned, we are both high on the group this year because there's a lot of improvement that can be made. So I'm looking forward to it. Mason, I think a big part of it was for you, and
0: correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like for you, Mason, it was you were so amped, so hyped to see the Dolphins take a running back with one of their higher picks in the draft. To see them not do that, even after picking up Brita, I feel like that kind of took the wind out of your sails a little bit, and you kind of had to regroup and maybe you know take a step back and – think about it more and like look more into Brita and kind of like, you know, collect yourself after the disappointment of them losing out on guys like Dobbins or Swift in the draft.
1: Yeah. Hey Riley, I'm an emotional fan. I won't apologize for that, but I I was very (laughs) emotional during the draft process. My scenario. I remember my text
0: chain remembers quite
1: well. (laughs) Yes, that's right. We won't say exactly what I texted Riley during the back end of the first round and the second and the third round, but it it, it wasn't great. A lot of expletives, but (laughs) Pretty much my perfect draft scenario was the Dolphins taking Tua at five, going for that tackle with the second pick, and then I wanted Swift with that third pick or Dobbins. Those were my top two guys. Even if they went with Taylor out of Wisconsin, I I could have been fine with that, but the way this squad looked for running backs before they got Matt Breida in the trade, it wasn't enough for me. Yes, there are a lot of things I like about Jordan Howard and what he's going to bring to this Dolphins offense, but they need to add more depth in that position. So I was pulling my hair out, and I don't have a ton of hair to begin with. So when round five came and the Dolphins did make that trade for Brita, it took me a little bit of time to digest it. He's an explosive guy. But overall, the more and more I look into film, I look into statistics, I look into what these players are going to bring, You're right, Riley. I am coming to your side slowly but surely. Coming around slowly but surely. I'm coming around. And you weren't alone,
0: by the way, Mason. I know, especially day two, Dolphins fans were freaking out, especially when the Ravens snatched Dobbins right before the Dolphins picked. I know a lot of Finns fans were salty about that. And I would have liked to see them take Dobbins with that pick as well. But they got who they got. They traded for Matt Breida in the fifth round. And I think for the value of that draft pick was definitely a move that for me eased my tensions, eased my anxiousness about them not getting their running back of the future. Because if you look, you know, quickly, Mason, if you look at next year's running back class, I want I want Etienne bad, man. That dude is a baller out of Clemson. That dude's a home run threat every time he gets the ball. We'll we'll focus on running backs of the future in a later episode, but I do think that, you know, the future running back for the Miami Dolphins may not be on this roster right now, but next year's draft with two first-round picks, that's going to be the time where we could, you know, maybe use one of those to either trade back, trade up, you know, utilize that draft capital to get the running back that we want because it's it might be a deeper class next year than it was this year.
1: And you know, Riley, you say that you don't think there's the running back of the future on this squad, but you know, in Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, they're very young players. Twenty-five Jordan years Howard old. Is, yeah, Jordan Howard has a lot of mileage for a twenty-five-year-old, you could say, but Matt Breida you know, he's only played three years in the NFL and they've not worked him down too much in San Francisco because of the role he played on that team. But real quick, I want to mention this because this is important. Uh, A lot of Dolphin fans realize this and a lot of analysts brought this up, but that trade for Matt Breida was essentially the pick they got from the Cardinals when they traded Kenyon Drake. And let's be honest, the writing was on the wall. Drake was not coming back to this team. He was not happy with his role his welcome was pretty much wore out in South Florida. So we knew Drake was going to go. So it's essentially like the Dolphins traded Kenyon Drake for Matt Breida, which is a really solid trade. So, in that regard, I'm really happy the Dolphins could use that pick to bring in an established running back and an explosive running back in Matt Breida. But I am going to say this I think these two guys could be around in Miami for quite some time in the future.
0: I know for me personally, I'd like to see them take a running back in next year's draft. More of a complete running back because you kind of alluded to it a little earlier, Mason. But before the Breed of Trade, I was worried. You know, I like Jordan Howard. Honestly, I think he's probably the most underrated pickup through free agency that the Dolphins have made. But, you know, we're going to get into this more, you know, here in a few minutes of what Jordan Howard brings in terms of his skill set. But he's not the overall complete back, in my opinion, that you want in your feature running back. I think bringing in Matt Breida, we've mentioned it in previous episodes, that lightning and thunder combination, you know, the power, the consistency that Jordan Howard brings between the tackles, and then you combine that with the explosiveness, the elusiveness of a Matt Breida. I think that makes them a a very dangerous combination, probably, in my opinion,
1: the best running back core now in the AFC East. And the running game rally isn't what it used to be in the NFL 10, 15 years ago when there were so many teams who relied on one guy to run the ball game in and game out. Nowadays, it is more running back by committee. There's more teams that have two or three featured guys than just have one guy. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Of course, you want to go into the draft or free agency trying to find that complete back. But I'm totally fine if the Dolphins want to rely on two or three different guys who have that special skill set who can do different things. And right now we do have that with Matt Breida and Jordan Howard. I do want to talk, though, Riley, because I know we're going to kind of stick with these two guys. We put out a poll on Facebook at Finna to Win It. Make sure you guys check it out, like, share, all that good stuff. But we put out a Facebook poll about which running back would have the most total yards next season, Jordan Howard or Matt Breida. Now, I got to be honest. I thought it was going to be a pretty close pick between the two. I was really surprised to see – That Matt Breida had almost 70% of the votes and we had quite a bit of votes. How surprised were you about that?
0: I was surprised as well. And I think that phrase total yards is what makes the difference. If we're talking rushing yards, I feel like that would have been a lot closer. Jordan Howard may have even won that, but I think people look at Matt Breida and they're going to think that he had, you know, just by the makeup of the running back, you know, he's going to, He's going to play more of a role in passing downs, which I think he will. He wasn't really utilized like that, honestly, Mason, during his time with the 49ers. But I think he does have that skill set, just wasn't utilized in San Francisco. So we'll see how Chan Gailey works Breida into the passing game, because that is kind of the one thing. You know, Jordan Howard is a serviceable catching running back, but that's not really his bread and butter, you know. So Chan Gailey bringing in a player with the explosiveness of a Matt Breida Getting him involved in the passing game, I think people kind of see that along with the rushing capabilities. And that's why you kind of get that sway in the votes in terms of total yardage that people think they're going to have.
1: I agree. So when you say Howard's a serviceable uh, receiving back or receiving player out of the backfield, I agree with that. But I think there are some similarities between Howard and Breida that people don't quite realize. Uh, One thing that really sticks out to me Is the targets that both of these guys catch? Howard's is about the last three years or so. His is about seventy four percent, and he's averaging about seven point eight yards per reception. So that's not bad at all. Now you look at Burita's in his three year career. Guess what? His is seventy five percent of a catch rate, and his average is a little bit higher, but only at eight point four. So really, what these guys have done out of the backfield as far as how many balls they're catching and Uh, how many yards they're getting per reception, they're very similar between the two. Now, of course, you know Matt Breida with his explosiveness and the shiftiness and the speed he has, it's going to add more at times. But I think both of these guys can really do similar things out of the backfield as far as catching the ball. And like you mentioned, a lot of people don't really realize that. I I think they look at the poll and they say, oh, total yards, Matt Breida, he's more explosive, more big plays. But I like Jordan Howard out of the backfield.
0: Yeah, and I think he'll get his fair share of opportunities out of the backfield, but like I kind of mentioned, I think it's kind of how Brita was utilized. I think he has more of that skill set as a pass-catching running back, and once he gets into space at any given point, he can break it for a 50, 60, 70-yard touchdown run. So I think that's why he's more dangerous and more capable of racking up those receiving yards than maybe Howard is. But let's kind of go ahead Mason here real quick and break these guys down one by one and kind of what they bring to the Miami Dolphins and how we kind of see them fitting in the offense. So let's start with Jordan Howard. They bring him in on a two-year deal, $10 million. In my opinion, a very favorable contract considering the production that this guy has had since coming into the league. Since 2016, Mason, Jordan Howard has done nothing but finished with the third most rushing yards, 3,895. Seventh most rushing touchdowns with 30, and he's only one of five players to rush for at least six touchdowns in the past four seasons. Durability is a concern. You know, he missed a lot of time last year with the shoulder injury. Back in, I think it was 2017, he missed six or seven games, ankle injury, MCL sprain. But when he's playing, he's one of the more consistent running
1: backs in the entire league. Great contract. That that can't be said enough. And for an organization like the Dolphins, who over the years we all know they they tend to overpay for some of these guys, it is really nice to get him at a fair deal and only a two-year deal as well. So if the durability concerns come up or he's not just working out for the system, it's not a long-term solution. I think that was a really good signing by them overall, uh, money and year-wise. We look at Howard. He really exploded on the scene. In 2016, when he was a rookie for the Bears, he had about 1,300 yards rushing, went to the Pro Bowl. And then in 2017, he also had another 1,000-yard season. We talked about how – or you just mentioned about how he's had some durability issues, but I love the way that Jordan Howard runs. He drops the pads. He's accelerates. And another thing that I really like about him too, on his 50 career carries, on third or fourth and short – He's converted 37 into first downs. He gets first downs. That's about 75%. His pass blocking grades, uh, pro football focus, PFF, they've measured near the top of his position as well. So we're looking at a guy who can run the ball. He can get you that first down. And his yards after contact are pretty solid. Last year, we know his year got cut short, but last year it was 2.93 yards after contact. That's really
0: important. When you look at Jordan Howard, this is a guy that looks for contact, which is, I think, why he has some durability issues because he's always he's going out sure. there looking to hit somebody. He's not avoiding it like a Matt Breida is looking to do. And his vision is what I think is the most key. And I think he's going to fit very well in this zone power gap running scheme that Shangeli's Gailey's bringing. We needed a running back like that that was, that was confident in his cut's between the tackles getting to that second level taking on contact and that's exactly what Kalen Balaj didn't do while Kalen Balaj maybe may be overall more physically gifted in terms of his speed even though they're similar body type you know to Jordan Howard Jordan Howard brings that that vision that physicality between the tackles that Kalen Balaj did not have last year and the Dolphins were desperately missing and you mentioned the yards after contact you know the offensive line we all know the struggles that the offensive line had last year. And we're probably going to see more struggles again this year, at least for the first part of the season with so many new faces on the offensive line. So having a running back that can get those yards after contact that can find those small sliver of holes in the line of scrimmage. That's why Jordan Howard to me was the most underrated pickup in terms of a free agent signing that
1: the dolphins had this year. And he may need to average about six yards after contact. If the line is going to play, how they did last year, but I agree with you, Riley. The line has more depth. Which they won't, Mason, which they won't. They they won't, no. We're both positive in that regard. They are going to struggle at times, but they have a lot more depth and hopefully some exciting players that they signed and they drafted who are going to fit that mold. We're not going to try to get too much on the offensive line because I know we're going to really break that down in the next week or two, but it is important just to note last year how poorly the Dolphins ran the ball. A lot had to do with the offensive line, but – As a team, they only rushed for 1,156 yards, and the average was only 3.3 yards per carry. That's 32nd and 31st across the NFL. So there's a lot of ground to gain with uh, Jordan Howard leading this backfield and Matt Breida uh, being in the backfield as well. I'm really excited for Jordan Howard, though. I think everything we've just said in the last five or six minutes really summarizes what he's going to bring to this team. And I'm excited to see how they're going to use Matt Breida. Because a lot of times in San Francisco, he would be used as a situational uh, player. He wouldn't always line up in the backfield. He would line up as wide receiver. He was in special teams as well. So the idea of having Howard and Breida on on the field at the same time does excite me. I don't know how much we see it in this Changeli offense, but both guys can do two different things. I say, why not put them out there at the same time?
0: That's a good point, Mason. And we don't know how... The Dolphins and Gailey in this new offense is going to utilize his weapons. We talked about it a little bit with Gesicki out of the tight end position, but you have two running backs that bring very different skill sets, but very effective when they're both on the field. So maybe we will see um Brita out in the slot or, you know, flanking in the backfield. We'll see we'll see how he's utilized, but you know, what Jordan Howard lacks in speed and elusiveness and that, you know, home run threat, that's what they got in Matt Brito, which is why this is such a great pairing in terms of skill sets between the running backs. Mason, he had 18 runs last year of 10 yards or more. Almost 15% of his runs went for 10 yards or more last year. Now, in 2018, he had 27. So last year, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, He lost out on some carries because they were such a heavy level of competition in the backfield for carries with Mostert and uh, Tevin Coleman there. But this guy is elusive. This guy has speed, and I mentioned it in our last episode. He was the fastest clocked running back In the
1: entire league last year and not only is he fast riley he's powerful too which is great you know i I mentioned that people don't think jordan howard can catch the ball at the backfield well guess what people may think that oh breed is just a very nimble fast running back no way he's powerful he had about 2.85 yards after contact which is very solid and that really helps him out when he's going to be running the ball possibly in the backfield for the dolphins when they're going to do a little bit of a change of pace but if you go back to his pro day, you mentioned he ran the 4.3 at 40-yard dash, but he also showed off his strength, 23 reps of 225 pounds on the bench press. So he's not only fast, but he's powerful too, best of both worlds in a way. And that's another really big thing. We know durability can be an issue with both of these players, especially Jordan Howard coming off the big injury from last year with the shoulder. If one of these guys do go down, I feel confident that the other one can step up and he can take on the lion's share. I like that because if you get one guy who can only do one thing, like some other positions on the Dolphins, it's going to be really hard to replicate that if somebody goes down with an injury.
0: All right, everybody, I want to take a quick second to recognize the sponsor of today's episode of Fin It to Win It, Bet Online. Guys, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back and bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. I am concerned a little bit, Mason, with the depth of the running back core of this team. But I was looking through Chan Gailey's previous stops the past, you know, 10 or so years and just kind of seeing how the running backs fared when he was running the offense. So I looked, you know, his time when he was head coach of the Bills in the 2010 range and then his last stop with the Jets. And I was seeing the running backs and they kind of reminded me in terms of skill sets, a lot of these guys to Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. So like, if you look back at his time with the Bills, his final year with the Bills, was C.J. Spiller's biggest year where he had over 1,200 yards, six touchdowns. He averaged over six yards per carry in Chan Gailey's offense. And I feel like in terms of a skill set, he's very similar to Matt Breida. Now, I know he was a more touted prospect coming out of Clemson compared to Breida. But I think Breida might be a little bit faster, actually. Spiller may contribute more in the passing game. But in terms of their traits, I saw a lot of similarities there. So C.J. Spiller had a lot of success his career year under Chan Gailey. And then I look at his time with the Jets. You know, Chris Ivory in 2015 was a pro bowler. He had over a 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. If you look at Jordan Howard and Chris Ivory, I see a lot of similarities there as well. Very effective between the tackles, constantly looking to make contact um, and bulldoze people over to get to the second level of the defense. And serviceable in the passing game, but that's really not what they're known for. So I feel like if you see the running backs at, chan gailey has worked with in the past and now what he's working with with the dolphins you know unlike some other positions where we've talked about where we're a little concerned with how chan gailey's going to utilize him, i feel like he's had a lot of success with his
1: running backs you should be worried about the depth riley because i i'm very worried about it we need to cross our fingers and hope and pray that Breed and howard they just find their role on the team and they run away with it we do not need many games when we're going to rely on on some of these other cast of characters that the Dolphins used last season, real quick, Riley. So Patrick Laird and Kalen Balaj—they were pretty much the two most used running backs on this team last year. Would you care to guess which one Pro Football Focus graded higher out of those two? I mean, if I'm guessing, Mason,
0: I'm going to guess every running back in the NFL was graded higher than Kalen Balaj last year.
1: <laughs> so you're Laird go had with to be. Laird? Yeah, Laird had to be graded higher, right? He wasn't. No, no way. No. Yeah. He, he wasn't. So Laird was near the bottom of the league, which is not a surprise. 124th out of 132. Now, Kalen Balazs was 99 out of 132. One thing you might forget about Balazs is he had three. I know that sounds like a lot touchdown runs. it, It was a lot for the dolphins last year, running the ball. He had three touchdown runs. Laird only had one very similar amounts of snaps, though. Laird was out there for about 290, Bellage for 250, so they were both out there around 25% of the offensive snaps, but neither of them could take advantage of the opportunity. We know they were running behind a poor line, but neither of them could create that space. Both were under three yards per carry. Bellage was under two yards per carry with one8 In the the passing game, you know, a lot of people, they looked at Laird and they said, oh, you know, he had a decent year catching the ball. Yeah, he had 23 receptions, over 204 yards, but Laird really lacks that explosiveness. We saw it last season in the New England game. He had a few big plays. I think he had that really long screen pass catching the New England game. That should have been a touchdown, and he took it maybe like 20 or 30 yards. So there's a lot of plays with Laird that just he's not going to break a seventy or eighty-yard touchdown. We need to hope that the depth of this running back roster stays healthy.
0: Well, that's why he's called the intern, Mason. <laughs> this nickname. Have you not yeah. heard the story oh, about yeah, yeah.
1: when he was eating lunch
0: in the cafeteria with some Dolphin staff and some other interns, mistaken him for an intern on the team. <laughs> so yeah, he doesn't ooze a physical freak when you see him. Uh, doesn't look exactly like a prototypical. NFL running back but you know I mentioned earlier Kalen Balazs in terms of his athletic capabilities he has the physical tools I mean he runs like a 4 4 he's a very similar size to Jordan Howard but the things that Jordan Howard does well is what Kalen Balazs lacks like he showed flashes his first year in the league but last year and I get it you know give him a little bit of a pass because he played behind the worst offensive line in the league but when you average 1.8 yards per rush and your long for the entire season was 8 yards. You have to take some of that blame on you. He just lacked consistency. He just didn't have a vision to try to squiggle his way. I know there wasn't a lot of room. Mason, I know it probably was a very difficult situation for him to be in, but you know, Laird was able to get 2.8 yards per carry, so <laughs> at least, you know, at least he was doing a little bit better with the snaps that he was given. So, you know, Ballage, I kind of I know we talk about who's the odd man out, you know, when we talk about the rest of these running backs and a lot of people are pointing to Kalen Balaj being that guy. I don't know. I don't know if the Dolphins are ready to give up on him yet. Um, And I know that's crazy for me to say because, you know, he's kind of become a punching bag of jokes when, you know, how poorly he played last year, but the Dolphins saw something in him where they felt like they could move on from Kenyon Drake and give him the bulk of the carries to start the year. So I'm not sure if the team is ready to give up on that just yet because he does bring a lot of the skill sets that Jordan Howard brings. So if something does happen to
1: Jordan Howard, Bellage could fill in that role. The Dolphins loved him last offseason. They were, like you said, they were ready to give him the keys to the car to essentially take over Drake's role running the ball. And yeah, I mean, he pretty much blew it. But you know, like you mentioned, the offensive line, super, super poor, had a lot of issues with that. But I agree with you when it comes to will the Dolphins give up on Balage? Probably not. They probably need to keep him around because of what you mentioned as well, his size. He does have some speed too, but he's going to have to show a lot in training camp and in the preseason if he's going to make this roster. He has to show that he's not that 1.8 yards per carry back they saw at the beginning of last season. And then you have Miles Gaskin, a big winner out of the three, yards per carry. Unfortunately, his year was cut a little short, missed the last game of the season when he had an injury. He was starting to come on a little bit, didn't, once again, didn't really show us anything that was going to be, you know, wow, this guy's the future of this team. But they're going to have these three main guys behind Breida and Howard, and they're going to have to make some tough decisions possibly because the one guy we haven't talked about, was ironically a guy we talked about on our wide receiver preview, but the Dolphins are listing him as a running back. We're talking about the seventh round pick, Malcolm Perry. Where does he fit in this offense?
0: Who knows? (laughs) Honestly, he's like that ultimate gadget player. I mean, we talked, like you mentioned, we talked about him in the wide receiver group, but he's listed on the Dolphins website as a running back. So where does he kind of fit into this roster? What is his niche? Is he going to get involved in special teams or is he going to take a lot of snaps out of the backfield? We don't really know because he was a quarterback at Navy and he's, you know, he's a very similar size honestly to Miles Gaskin, which is why I think, you know, we talked about this with JaKeem Grant and the wide receivers, but if you take a look at it from a running back perspective, I think that puts Miles Gaskin on high alert because I think they're going to find a spot on this team for Malcolm Perry, whether it's with the running back group, whether it's with the wide receiver group. I think they're going to try to find a spot and see what he can do in game action. Because Mason, this guy at Navy, 94 missed tackles in 2019. That was by far the most of any non-running back in college football. Second was Lynn Bowden Jr., the wide receiver who played a little quarterback at Kentucky because of all the injuries. Mason, he had 55 missed tackles. 90 to second place was 55. So this guy has athletic abilities and honestly miles gaskin i just i'm not that impressed with him so i think out of all these running backs that i would choose i would put miles gaskin on high alert
1: so we know perry went to navy if he went to army he would have an awesome nickname do you know where i'm going with this
0: no go ahead (laughs) swiss army knife
1: Uh oh swiss army knife (laughs) Swiss Navy knife doesn't quite have the same ring, but then that nickname right there just shows you what kind of player he's going to be for the dolphins, what they're envisioning him to be. I mean, a seventh round draft pick that, that essentially anybody you draft in the seventh round, you're taking that risk. It's not much of a risk at all, but you're saying, okay, we're going to get somebody who doesn't seem like he's going to be durable for the NFL, but he's not going to play a ton of snaps. He's going to be in different situations. He might be playing some wide receiver. He might be doing some things on special teams but running back for him, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him in training camp and how they use him in the preseason to how he fits that depth chart. And you're right. I mean, Gaskin may be the odd one out because of the comparison to him and Perry, but it would not surprise me out of Laird, Belage, and Gaskin if any of these three get released sometime in the offseason just because of how the years went last year. And if they are having a slump in the summer, if they're not showing a lot in games – it's going to be tough. It's going to be some tough decisions by the coaches.
0: Yeah, so right now they have six running backs on the roster, and then they have one fullback in Chandler Cox, who played only 83 offensive snaps last year. That was like 8% of the total offensive snaps. I don't really know how he fits in this new Gailey offense. We're going to see a lot of single back, unless they keep him on solely for like goal line purposes, fourth and one, fourth and inches kind of situations. I don't really see Chandler Cox Cox being a major player to make this roster because he really didn't contribute at all in special teams last year he played 24 total snaps on special teams so I'm not really sure Chandler Cox has a future with the Miami Dolphins but I mentioned special teams that's kind of where I go with this Mason so like when you get to this deep in the depth chart you know your third fourth fifth running back for me I think it's not even just the qualities that you bring at the running back position but how do you help contribute to the team in other ways? So I looked at special team snaps last year. Balazs, obviously he got hurt, missed a lot of the season, but he did play on special teams, kickoff, kick return, punt coverage, 121 snaps. Laird had 245 snaps. Miles Gaskin. Can you take a guess how many special team snaps? Miles Gaskin played zero. zero. No, not zero 18. Not much better than zero. That right there to me is a, Huge factor when you're looking at the balance and how the makeup is going to come together of this running back group because I mentioned Jordan Howard had injury issues last year. Kalen Balage has a very similar makeup to Jordan Howard. You have Breida, who I don't think any other running back really has the similar skill set to Breida. I mean, Miles Gaskin, maybe, but Laird, Balaj, I could see one of them maybe losing out. The loser of that battle maybe losing their roster spot, but. Miles Gaskin only playing 18 snaps on special teams. I mean, if you're that deep in the depth chart, you got to contribute in other ways on this team. And Gaskin just doesn't have the body type at 5'9", 190, 92 pounds to really be a major contributor on special teams. So I think that's really going to hurt him.
1: I agree. Special teams is going to come into a huge play for some of these guys at the back end of the Dolphins' depth chart at running back. What can they show the coaches this offseason to how they're going to fit that And if they play granted special teams, they can work themselves into the depth chart. If there's any durability issues as the season goes along. So that's a really good point, Riley. That's something we need to look uh, out for as training camps are going on. And during the preseason, how much special teams are these guys playing? Because if we're not seeing them on the field at all, then they may begin their pink slip before the start of the season.
0: Yeah. So overall Mason, I'm very excited about the moves that this team made at running back. Now, I am concerned about the depth. If Jordan Howard, I know you mentioned you're not as concerned. I am very concerned. If Jordan Howard goes down or if Brita goes down, I'm going to start sweating bullets because I am not convinced that any of those other guys (laughs) that we talked about are going to be able to effectively fill those roles um, if they're called into action. So we're hoping that we're going to get 100% Jordan Howard and Matt Breeda to start the season and that they are able to carry it through to the season. And I know they both have they both have a history of getting nicked up and missing some time. So fingers crossed. If we get 100% Matt Breida and 100% Jordan Howard, I think that's going to help significantly in increasing the production of this running game. And with the additions that we made on the offensive line, I know we're going to be young. There's going to be a lot of new faces, but talent wise, it's overall a lot better than what we had last year. So I think that number from 32 could go up into the into the low 20s, maybe even high teens, if things fall into place the way that they need to for this Dolphins team to take that next step in the running game?
1: Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself, Riley. Uh, The depth is definitely an issue, but if this team can stay healthy, I could easily see it being somewhere between 15 and 20 on uh, rushing yards in the NFL. I truly do because of what each of those top two guys bring to the Dolphins offense. The line is essentially going to separate how this running back class does for Miami, but I'm definitely making my way to accepting these running backs in. It it took me a few weeks of kind of looking more into it and, and watching some film and dissecting a few things, but I'm definitely coming around to them. The Matt Breida pick in the fifth round was really the clincher for me. They had to get something else. I know there was rumors about possibly some other running backs getting traded to them. But I think Breida is a really good fit for this team, and they need him desperately to create some separation and some explosive plays, something they did not get last year.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy that they passed on Todd Gurley, Fournette, all those other rumors that were out there. I think Breida fits the role that they needed perfectly, especially if he, if he can come in and contribute in the passing game, which you know he's he's had some success at, but he wasn't really utilized in the passing game in San Francisco. So it's up to Chan Gailey. And you know what, Mason? Chan Gailey is known for tailoring his offense and his scheme to the skill set of his players. He's not that offensive coordinator that's going to come in, which is a lot of complaints about Chad O'Shea, and try to force players into a scheme. He tailors the scheme to the skill set of his players. So I'm hoping that he comes in and finds ways to maximize the talents of guys like Breda, like Jordan Howard, like Gesicki out in the slot or even out wide. You know, utilize these weapons that the Dolphins have accrued over the past couple of years and really make the most out of them.
1: So, Riley, to kind of bring it around full circle, I mentioned the poll at the beginning of this episode. We really haven't said who we thought is going to end up with more total yards, Matt Breda or Jordan Howard. Where do you lie on that?
0: I think it's going to be Jordan Howard.
1: All right, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Jordan Howard as well, just for the fact that I feel like he's still going to be involved in the passing game in some regard. And just the way he runs the ball, how he embraces contact, his acceleration at times, I I like it a lot. Not to say Matt Breed is not going to have a good season with Miami. I think he is. But I just feel like Jordan Howard's going to be on that field a lot more than people think.
0: Honestly, the answer is whoever stays healthier, right? I I don't see this being a one back dominated type of rotation going here. I think this is going to be a very much running back by committee. And I mentioned some of those running backs that Chan Gailey's had earlier, but like back in 2016, uh, Chan Gailey coached with the Jets. He had Matt Forte who had over 800 yards and then Bilal Powell had over 700 yards and Powell really contributed in the passing game with almost 400 yards. So I think we're going to see more of a situation like that where we're, I don't know if either of them are going to get 1,000 yards, but I think both of them will be 800 to 1,000 yards. And then Breida maybe uh, will, you know, contribute more in the passing game. So I think it's going to be close. Um, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a wash either way unless we, you know, have some type of injury happen.
1: So you're saying you don't think Fitzpatrick will be the leading rusher for this team next year. You're sure about that?
0: Which is why I'm so excited about the running attack this year. (laughs) That I'm not going to go into a game and be like, man, I hope Ryan Fitzpatrick carries the load in the running game today. <laughs> I,
1: I, man, I hope Fitzpatrick can get 35 yards rushing today. That That's what we need.
0: But, you know, it, it's going to take so much pressure. I mean, Fitzpatrick showed last year, despite all of the struggles at running back, he still was able to have an exceptional year. But if Tua comes in, you're going to need that running game to at least be average and, you know, be able to keep defenses honest and not be able to you know, bring out nickel and dime packages, you know, drop into zone with six defensive backs versus two and make him beat them if, you know, if Tua comes into the game. So if Tua comes in, they're going to need that running game to step up big time. And I think with the offensive line additions and then the running backs that we've discussed here today, I think, you know, we're going to see a significant increase in production uh, from this group. All right. So I want to hear from you now, Dolphins fans. What do you think of the Dolphins running backs heading into this season Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter, at FinItToWinIt. Leave us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a ton. We hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in. For Mason, I'm Riley. We will see you next week, Dolphins fans. Fin's up, everybody.